What miracles of science and engineering it took to recover this gold, 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 gold. Welcome to All Gold Everything, a podcast for people who are bouncing back. Okay. Yeah. I like how you're surprising me with this now. I'm just coming up with it off the cuff. Yeah. Do what, I can. What, are, what are people bouncing back well, from? Well, you're bouncing back from vacation. Oh, okay. I feel like I always need a vacation after my vacation. Yeah. You know, I yeah. mean, you were smart. You scheduled a day off in between, but still, yeah. it's like not quite enough. No, definitely no. <laughs> it was not enough. And I had to run 15 miles that day. Dang, so that was homie. like, I, I bounced, I bounced back if that's what you want to call it. <laughs> Bounce. We're in the process of bouncing back, bouncing back. I'm in the process of bouncing back because we, this have pup from puppy life. Oh, are you, are hang. you, are you starting to like peek your head out from under the rock? <laughs> yeah. Under the puppy rock? It's been really hard. I'm yeah. actually a little embarrassed about how challenging it has been for me. Yeah. I think it's challenging for everybody. It's really tough. I so. have not heard one person be like, I got a puppy and it was the easiest thing that ever happened to me. <laughs> Didn't oh change God. my life at all. It requires like so much vigilance, so much like ultra, uh, watching her all the time or, you know, either. At first, it was watching her all the time so that she didn't go to the bathroom everywhere. You know, every three minutes, she had to go out to go potty, basically. And now, it's like watching her all the time so she doesn't chew everything that we own. Yeah, you're going to have to watch that. Yeah. You should have got, like, a genetically depressed dog like we did. <laughs> and even if he tried to chew something, he couldn't. He'd be like, <laughs> he would give it a shot and then quit. <laughs> He'd be, he just he gives it a shot and he's like... No, no problem. We're going to talk about your vacation a little bit later in the show, but I oh, want to talk, okay. I mean, because we're going to talk a little bit about it as it relates to oh, our, right. our primary topic or whatever, but I wanted to hear about how it was. How was it? It was 80 degrees and sunny yes. like every fucking day, like uh, nine days in a row that were 80 degrees and sunny. So beautiful. And the only day I cursed it was when I had to do a 15 mile run. Yeah. And I'm going to be like really honest about what this looked like. <laughs> I was running and I was running yeah. and I was running. Still running. And then I realized at one point <laughs> that if I turned around and did a loop back at about mile 10, I would hit the beach in front of my resort. Yes. And so I did that. Good and at mile you. 10, I hit the ocean in yeah. front of my resort and I floated in the water for a while. And then I went back into the gym and finished the last miles on the treadmill. Oh my God. You are so dedicated. Holy <laughs> no, shit. No, I see. I feel this like, like, oh no, I, the opposite. I fucking cheated. No, oh my God. <laughs> totally that is, cheated. No, no, that's not cheating. That's like, you know, one of the last marathons that I trained for, I had run a marathon before you and I met, and then I was training for another one before we met. And it was the 4th of July and I was on like a 16 miler or something and I had decided to break it I must have been 18 miler because I had I was going to run this six mile loop three times and that already sounds dreaded I know and it was just like all I knew how to do right yeah. so I well I'm doing more of that these days actually yeah because I live on the east side and oh, have yeah. to run in the dark so yeah. I'm finding myself doing that just a loop to, over and over a, yeah. a couple of times yeah, for yeah. safety and yeah. for ease of for convenience. yeah for light right light and um to avoid you know the walking dead. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, that's true. I live in Southeast Portland. Yeah. And especially on the day, especially on trash day, you do not want to be out there <laughs> right. on the night. I learned my lesson. I tried to walk lemon the morning of trash day and it was like Thunderdome meets apocalyptic world meets zombies. It was very scary. Right. Some guy wearing like an entire tinfoil suit came, came around the corner and was like holding a bag of Brussels sprouts. And I was like, I found some Brussels sprouts for breakfast. Well, like, like, so that, that I, I could deal with a man. <laughs> and a tinsel with Brussels sprouts for breakfast. Like that is at least like, I mean, it's kind of cute actually. Um, I have encountered human, yeah. human poop. Yes, so like of, I can't, yeah. I can't. No. And you know, just the smells. Yeah. Anyway. Well, so I interrupted you. So no. you were doing a six mile loop three, three times. times. Yeah. And that was because I hadn't really learned the, the concept of like stashing your stuff along an 18 mile route. I just was going to come back home every six miles and refill or whatever. Yeah. And, um, and I, it was the 4th of July. It was like 10 AM. I was still partying at the time. And like, people were starting to text me like, Hey, what are we doing today? What are we getting? You know, like all this stuff was starting. And I was <laughs> and like, have, and you have stops at home along yeah, the way. And I, yeah. at home after the, I think it was the first loop. I only did the six miles and I was like, fuck this yeah and I just I quit the run and then I didn't even run I didn't even do the marathon I was like forget the, I mean I I bailed on the entire thing that day <laughs> well I mean 
I think that that sounds really reasonable. I think that that's one good argument for not doing a six mile loop three times with your house as yes. the, the aid station. Yes, house as the aid station yeah. makes it very difficult yeah. to go back I mean, out. I'd be like, the way that I knew that that ocean was coming, I would know that my house is coming. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I totally get it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you, uh, so anyway, I have never done that where I took a break in the middle and then was like, oh, I have to finish out the last five. And that's why I bow to yeah. you because that to- is tremendous totally dedication. Cheated. I don't. <laughs> totally cheated. I don't consider that cheating. I think I it's got self-care. the miles in. That's right. So that's what I'm saying, and that's what I figured. I'm like, I'm on vacation. If yeah. I have an ocean in front of me, how can I pass this up? It sounds, frankly, it sounds completely. Although glorious. I positioned it so the ocean would be in front of so me, awesome. right around mile ten. I mean, imagine if you lived there every day, and, yeah. you, and you did that, and you were like, you know what? I go for a ten mile run, and every day at mile five, I just take a dip, and then I get back out. Right. And do I mean, that's yeah. pretty incredible. Although I have to say, I think I left this part out. Mm-hmm. I was being, I was getting murdered. <gasps> by the Hawaiian sun. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, like, like, I, like I was, <laughs> no, I was like, oh, I forgot to tell you about the guy with the knife on the beach. <laughs> How did I leave that out? <laughs> no, by the sun. The sun was murdering me. Yeah. I was like, it was like, it wasn't just that like, oh, I'm going to do to do position myself. Mm-hmm. So I could jump. It was like, I'm dying slowly out here. The sun yeah. is sucking the life out of me. If I don't jump in this water now, I will die. I will, die. I will literally yeah. be dead. I'm a precious. What is it? Like a, a delicate flower when it comes to running in Hawaii. Every <laughs> time I run in Hawaii, this happens to me. I ran once in Hawaii. Uh, maybe Jeff and I ran while we were on our honeymoon. I think we did. And uh, we ended up running by like a garbage dump there. We were uh, in Hana on the, on, <laughs> on the island of Maui and there really wasn't much to run around. I ran by a garbage dump. <laughs> yes, I did. And it was like 80 degrees, 80% humidity and we're running by a fucking garbage dump and I'm like, this is not honey. What are we? I don't. Hmm. The Airbnb was by a garbage <laughs> dump too. I forgot to tell you about that because I was too busy telling him about the pieces of carcass on the side of the road by the Airbnb. <gasps> I forgot to tell him there was also a garbage dump there too Dang. yes but that what does, I, it sounds like an airbnb fail to me yeah but so because i like died at like 10 miles mm-hmm. running in hawaii i have to give it up because on um january 19th and so that's the saturday that just passed yeah. it was yesterday um the hurt 100 race began and that's a hundred mile race on oahu it's like i don't know something ridiculous like 20,000 feet of gain Holy over cows. the 100 miles. And I it's mean, a 100 miles period sounds ridiculous to... 20 mile look. loop five times. Mm-hmm. Is your home the stop point? Because I'd be like... <laughs> yeah. But anyway, there's like some athletes out there. There are probably still some out there tonight. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> and I just got to give it up to them because those guys are not cheating. And is it 20,000 <laughs> feet of elevation each time? No, I don't think it's so. It's just like a total, like yeah. maybe 4,000 feet I think of it's like 4,000 each, yeah. each Oh loop. my God. Yeah. But still. Yeah. Wow. I know. That's crazy. So like they're out there doing it. I think there might People be still stragglers it. out there right now doing it. So let's just give it up to them because I couldn't handle. That's not. I couldn't handle 10 flat miles. No, I, it was hot. I mean, yeah. Jeff and I did five or something and I was like, fuck this by yeah. the end. Forget yeah. it. Um, so you you were committed to your running. That sounds incredible. How was staying at the Disney? I need to know how staying at the Disney Resort was. <laughs> Dear Walt. Dear Walt. You know, I'm glad I did it. I yeah. just, I needed to have the experience yeah. and I had it and I'm glad I did. And I'll tell you what you're paying for is the pool and the beach yeah. and all the water slides. Um, I didn't notice until I left the Disney Resort how many rules the Disney Resort had. Oh. So if you like a really structured life, you're going to love the Disney Resort. Very regimented. But what kind t- of rules are we, like clothing like, rules or? Yeah, there's clothing yeah. rules for what you wear in the lobby, what mm-hmm. you don't wear in the lobby. You mm-hmm. have to have shoes on and a top or a cover up. You can't be in your bikini. Can you wear a thong bikini? No. Yeah, I had a feeling no. that that was a big N-O by, from Walt. God. Ew, your Kids. butt is like, the children. <laughs> anyway, I got My over. My butt's amazing. The children would be like, yes. <laughs> the children Your are. butt's amazing. The children <laughs> would worship our butts. I mean, I wore a damn near thong there, I have to say. It was very yes. like, Brazilian cut. Love um, it. Oh, I'm so here for that. I didn't realize until I got to the, um, the hotel on the Big Island uh-huh. that I was like, oh my God, I could do whatever I want whenever I want I don't have to go by Walt's rules I'm not constrained by the man I'm not damn but the man nevertheless and then I had to wait for the elevator for a ridiculously oh, long yeah. time at that resort and there were just other like little things mm-hmm. that, that made it like not awesome but yeah. like I knew going in I was paying for the Disney experience yeah. the water slides were incredible the lazy river was everything awesome the beach was great like uh, any good resort they nickel and dime you for yeah, everything. everything yeah the one complaint I have though log Walt it. log it sister Walt 
I had to go out to the damn beach club cafeteria out by the pool to get coffee. What? No. They didn't yeah. deliver that to your room? Well, you have to pay. Oh. And they do uh, have the little Keurigs, but I don't... the same. I'm a bit of a it's snob. I'm like, I'm from Portland, okay? <laughs> um, so I could have Keurigged. Mm-hmm. And I did from time to time. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you have to walk out to the pool with all the kids in their wet bikinis uh, and their thongs yeah. to get a cup of coffee in the morning, which was like kind of a pain in the ass. Yeah, that does sound like a pain in the ass. No, mm-hmm. thank you. I, w- I, w- I mean, that's a. I think that's a fair and honest review. I would potentially be willing to try it, especially I if should. I spend enough time. I mean, I-, I would like to be at a resort where I can, where it's so nice that I can just spend all my time by the water or the beach. So that sounds like that is an ideal. Be, be prepared to spend your money too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and the, you know, the there's no free gear either. Mm-hmm. Which when I got to the other resort, which was a very lovely resort, yeah, um, all the gear was free, even the stand up <sighs> paddle boards. That's awesome. Yeah, it's just it's just easy, you know. Did you stand up paddleboard around and you're a little near thong how cute no I didn't actually stand up <laughs> paddleboard you did it no because at Disney um I got I got a boogie board because it was cheaper yeah fun <laughs> was, but they're also so fun it was it was really really yeah, fun dope. well the reason I got the boogie board is because I had I noticed I'm, I'm terrified I'm terrified of losing my daughter to the water oh. and so in order to like feel safe myself and yeah. swim out as far as she swam out <laughs> I just got like a boogie board for safety cute and I'm like you know what I might need a noodle when we snorkel. Who yeah. knows? <laughs> so I love it. Yeah. Preach. Yeah, I'll wear it. I'll, I'll just use a noodle if it makes me feel I'll safe. I'll take all the flotation. Of, I'm not trying to work either. Hello, I'm on vacation. <laughs> you're on vacation and you already ran 15 miles that day. So like you don't need yeah. to do any extra. It was fear for me. Mm-hmm. I just, I have ocean fears, which is crazy, okay. but it's, there was, I had a lot of talking um, with my daughter about my fear. There was, I found myself in a lot of like fear for my life on this trip. Whoa. Irrational fear for my life. We can move on. All right. But we worked through it. <laughs> awesome. I'm glad you worked through it. I, mm-hmm. It sounds like you had a lovely time. That is very good. I had a, an interesting trip myself. I went to Terillium Lake. I'm calling it Trill Lake. Okay. For short, that's I'm just renaming it Trill Lake. Uh, Jeff and I went is to Trill, a word you can find in the Urban Dictionary. It certainly I feel is. Like I it feel is. like Trill means like I, Fred Bushy can fact check this for us, but I really feel like Trill means it's like fucking banging, like it's great. So anyway, um, don't lie because it doesn't <laughs> sound like it was fucking banging. Uh, well, so we went up to this cabin and we had to um, uh, uh, cross country ski in. Yes, he's saying he has her hand raised. You have a question. An adjective used in hip hop culture to describe someone who is considered to be well respected. Yeah. Trill Lake. <laughs> I will say it, it was beautiful. It's that, a, it is a well respected lake. Yeah, it is a well respected lake. It, and it's glorious. You know, I'm not a huge oh. I'm not a huge nature fan. This is actually appropriate. <laughs> coming okay. from the words true and real. Yeah. Trill. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I'm not a huge fan of nature, as everyone knows. I, even like as Jeff and I were leaving to go on this trip, I was like, you know, I would much rather be going to the mall and drinking a Diet Coke. I mean, you guys <laughs> said it in your vows. We did. Yeah. We did. But we went to a cabin. It wasn't <gasps> camping. Does this count as a broken vow? No, no, it does not. Because it was not camping. It was a cabin. But there okay. was like, but we did have, and there was like running water and a full kitchen. And it was actually like a really, sleeping arrangements aside, which would throw a little bit of a wrench into our plans. Um, the cabin itself was beautiful. It was nice and warm, beautiful sto- um, wood fire stove, all that stuff. Um, anyway, we cross country skied in and we let the dogs run along with us and we took little lemon little lemon the puppy and her feet got tired and so we put her in a backpack (laughs) how long was the cross-country ski i'd say a mile and a quarter okay yeah and it was like some pretty um like i said earlier it was some up and down terrain it was some pretty hilly terrain like at one and and actually going in it was downhill and coming out it was all uphill so it was a struggle and actually how do you go uphill on skis if they're not the um, it was so hard i first of all what are those skis called that you can go uphill on alpine mm, or well there's a word for it. Cross country skis, your your heels aren't bound in. Oh, okay. So you should technically be able to like. I went up like this, like a little duck, quack 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 quack. quack. <laughs> and eventually, I took them off because it was just too hard. I just, yeah. I was like, oh my god, I'm dying. It's so hard. Um, Boo, but what are they called? Those skis, huh? Our skins. I don't mm. know. I thought there was a word for the skis. The two that like attach. I don't know. What? 
Oh, never mm. mind. Well, anyway, it was hard. <laughs> it was really challenging. I, of course, since I had seen cross country skiing on TV once, I assumed like, oh, this will be pretty simple. I should obviously be able to do this. And that's not really <laughs> the case at all. <laughs> well, you did it though. But I did. Yeah. I did do it. And I only fell down like two or three times. So that was really not too bad. And I didn't break was it on the downhill. You fell down. Uh, yeah. The downhills really wiped me out because um, I just couldn't. There's no there's not much of an edge to the cross country skis. And so even though you try to I tried to um, pizza or cheese wheel wedge my way to slow down mm-hmm. and I just couldn't slow down at all. There was no way to slow down until I fell over. So um, two things happened while we were up there. First of all, we put the dog in a backpack, which I sent the picture to Mark and I need our YouTube viewers to see this picture because it is just yes. so darn cute. Aww. There is Lemon in a backpack. She's getting so I know, big she's so getting fast. so big. So anyway, she was here for the backpack. She was tired of running around after Henry. The other thing that happened is that there was a sauna um, right outside the house. So I was like, oh, I'm going to sauna for 20 minutes and then I'm going to go launch myself into the snow after the 20 minute sauna is up and it's going to feel like super refreshing or whatever. Right. So I go in the sauna, I like get all hot and sweaty. I look out, I like take a peek out of the door to see like who's around. I see that I can see Jeff standing at the kitchen window doing some food prep stuff. So I'm like, Oh, I'm going to run in front of the window. I'm going to jump in front of Jeff like naked and say hi or whatever. And I'm going to like launch myself into the snow. So I did that, but the snow, (laughs) I was like, Hey, Hey, and he was like, hi. And then I like jumped into a snowbank, but it was covered in ice. <gasps> <laughs> Everyone's faces. <laughs> it was, I had the And you're sober. I know. I had the hugest scrape all the way down the side of my like Because I, I was really, uh, so I don't really recommend it. I would say like, if you think you're going to do like the hot and the cold thing, you might want to test the snow a little bit. I just really did not. Or maybe like attention seeking just doesn't pay uh, off. Maybe attention seeking. I mean, it was my husband. I just thought it'd be cute. You know, whatever. The so. same thing happened on Real Housewives of Orange County. Oh, really? And she broke her foot. Oh my God. Yeah. Well, I'm but glad. it wasn't ice. But um, I think that the hot to cold experience is um, real. I noticed that in Hawaii. Uh-huh. Like laying out, my body would get really hot and then it was really hard to get in the cold. The water yeah. felt so cold. So it yeah. would have been quite the sensation. Yeah. And good recovery from your <laughs> skiing. <laughs> so anyways, it is what it is. It was pretty, I, th- I had to laugh at myself because I normally, I feel like that is kind of an out, out of the normal box thing for me to do. But I was like, well, I'm just going to do this. And then um, bounced myself right off the snowbank. <laughs> Okay, I have to get I have to move us into our first like big news story that's happening this week. Now, because you've been on vacation, I don't know if you've seen this. And I don't know if Joey's or Joey or Mark Mark and I were talking about it a little bit before the show. This story has been on like CNN people. I saw it on the Today Show earlier. But there is a a city in Sicily, Italy, uh, called Sambuca, which is where the the liqueur is from or what liquor liqueur is from. And they have uh, this problem with um, people like there's a ton of brain drain happening or like population drain happening where people are just leaving um, Italy to go to other pastures for whatever. And so they have all the, they have a list of like 25 dilapidated properties that are in, uh, this particular town. They're selling them for one Euro. Oh my gosh. I know. So I mean, it's in Italy. Here's my money. Okay. It's in Italy. It's in Sicily. So it's in like a city that's in in Sicily. Yeah. So it's in Sicily. And so basically what you do is you give them their one Euro, which is like a dollar 50 or whatever. And then you also have to give them a $5,000 deposit. Now they give you the $5,000 deposit back after you've renovated the property. Your commitment is that you have to renovate the property within three years. That's, no, that could be tough. Yeah. And then you live there and you own it. Right. So, uh, I also thought like this might be tough, but they're reporting that the average renovations are costing like $15,000 or 15,000 euro, which is like 17,5 in us. So I'm like, all right, let's find a list of these properties and see what we're looking at here. So I had sent this to Mark, but these are mostly PDFs. And so you can't upload them on the computer, but I'm going to show one of, show you one of them on my little screen here. Mark, can you switch over to the one camera? Like this property is pretty cute. It's got some, it's got like some little uh, terraces on it. You could definitely see yourself like under the Tuscan sunning it here. You know, you just put in like a new heated toilet seat with bidet system and you're like good to go, right? So I was looking at that one. I thought that one was pretty cute. But then there are some of them that are like murder houses. Oh, nice. So (laughs) I want that one. So I am really excited about this. I think this is a great idea. Where's isn't there like a murder island? It's not a murder island, but there's an island, isn't it, off the coast of Sicily? I have no idea. 
Called Murder Island? No, but so there, there's an island. It's off the coast of Italy somewhere. Yeah. And it basically is an old leper colony. Mm. And it was used as a prison. Okay. And now it's deserted. Mm-hmm. But like the prison slash leper colony still stands. And yeah. like nobody's allowed to go there because it's not safe. Yeah. So it's just this like. Um, uninhabited, abandoned island. Maybe they're selling that one too. And I think it's supposed to be haunted. I think that's the reason it crossed my radar is because mm-hmm. it was like on a, a list of haunted stuff. But basically yeah. it's so close um, off the coast that you could like like paddle out there. Oh my you God. You could get in a kayak and paddle Whoa. out to this island. Well, let's do it. Let's. I, I was just thinking yeah. like, I'm ready to like write my little check to the city of Sambuca. Here's my dollar fifty or whatever and like arrive over there and be like, Rivaderci, merci, buku, whatever. I mean, I'll learn a little bit of Italian. But the kind of stumbling block for me is that this would be getting into construction renovation yeah. in Sicily. Right. The heart of the mafia. Oh, right? is it? Yeah. All the mafia, The like the... The like, I don't know, the what is that like what do they call it? like the crux of humanity? Um we, the crucible of the mafia is in Sicily. So oh, I feel okay. like then mafia is notoriously uh construction oriented. Well get on their good side and <laughs> get know. get the deals. I mean that's kinda of what yeah. I feel like. I feel like, you know, we're personable. Yeah. I mean, why fear the mafia? Why fear I mean why? I mean Why fear the mafia? <laughs> oh god. They're just they're just people. <laughs> I can only imagine them being like, it'd be a really awful shame if something happened to this house unless you paid us $100,000 right now or something, I mean, you know? I need a noodle to swim out in a waveless bay. But why fear the mafia? Yeah. Is there a waveless bay near... <laughs> it's on like the southern tip. I feel like, Joey, are you looking at the maps right now? Are you looking at maps of Italy right now? Is it in the, is uh, Sicily on the southern tip of Italy? Is that the southern coast? It is. Oh, see, it'll be beautiful. So why don't you guys buy a $1.50 property and then we'll buy the next door property and we'll just all go there. Because here's my second thing is I was thinking that even if you ended up into the mafia for like an extra hundred grand or something, you still have a $150,000 house in Sicily. You know, like that's still a pretty affordable spot, right? Even if you have to pay a little bit extra to like keep it from getting burned to the ground by by the mafia. So I just totally I'm putting it out there. I want you guys to think about it. Consider it. I mean, we wouldn't have to be like next door. neighbor. I would love to be your next door neighbor. Our dogs, I think it would really <sighs> benefit from that. They scenario. would. Oh, my God. Weebay would be so excited. <gasps> Speaking of Weebay, that made me think of your his Instagram. And I do have to say that Henry and Lemon now have their own Instagram account. And it's Henry dot and dot Lemon. Nice. Just FYI. Um, so follow our dogs. Follow our dogs. <laughs> Henry dot and dot lemon. Yeah. And Weebay underscore Barksdale. There you go. So anyway, uh, we can all get on the same page on this property in Sicily thing because I'm really, I'm ready to do it. Jeff was like, why don't you go investigate that next week? And I was like, don't even, don't you dare even say that to me because you know I will like get on a plane and go over there. <laughs> I mean, this, I, I just have one question. Yeah, ask. I why, need you. Why can't it be Mykonos? Mm. What it, that is an excellent, such a great segue, I mean, Sandy. Too bad it's not an island too off the coast not. of Greece. Yeah, because what's going on in Greece right now? I don't know. There's this raging beach club <laughs> on the island of Mykonos. I love it. How many episodes did you get to watch? Sandy got to. Sandy and I did a little bit of. This is a segment we're going to move into where we talk about TV <laughs> for about ten to fifteen minutes. So, because I got to watch some great TV this week while I was As did yeah. Um, so, how many episodes of Lindsay Lohan Beach House Club Party Extreme did you watch? I watched two. Yeah, very <laughs> serious episodes. Like, don't fuck with the Lohan name because this is about her brand that's so interesting and- <laughs> i saw a buzzfeed article today that said that she's taking herself like very seriously and that they said something about her being like because i'm a boss ass bitch like but she really meant it not like in it with any kind of irony no, she's yeah. like she's like this is about my name and my brand and don't bring my name down like you haven't <laughs> done that already Lindsay. i mean she's a little reality check <laughs> um but that's not even so no. there's only two episodes available oh okay um, it's on MTV. All right. And when I took your suggestion, as I always do, hmm. and I watched her on one of my favorite shows, which is Watch What Happens Live. Oh, right. And I was actually prompted to watch The Beach Club because of her interview with Andy. She really was like, I, I watched this interview and I'm like, 
Lohan's making a comeback. All this right. is this could be a legit comeback. Yeah. I'm just like slow clapping for Lohan. <laughs> I mean, she was a little sedated. I mean, mm-hmm. I think there were probably four or five Xanax milligrams okay. of Xanax floating mm-hmm. around in her system mm-hmm. for this interview. Mm-hmm. She was a little bit calm, but I thought she did a really good job. And I was just really kind of excited about it. Yeah. So I decided to watch the show. Okay. Did you watch it on the beach? I do need to know the no, atmosphere. No, I watched it. I watched it in the hotel room with my daughter. <laughs> ah, and yes! she enjoyed it. Like she did. With me. So I'm gonna start with Love the it. highlight of the show. Yes, please. Is Lindsay's business partner named Panos. Okay. Watch this show for Panos. <laughs> does he make that does he, he <laughs> is that his face? He does it, but he's beautiful when he does it. Mm. He's gorgeous and he's Panos and he's Greek and I, Lindsay's the nice one. I'm the one who will tell them like it is. I will fire them. Ooh, he's the stick. He's he's good. He's the he, and he's, she's the carrot. He's the stick. He's he's fun. He's just fun to watch. Awesome. He's a great character. A good character. And it's staged. Everything yeah. in the show is staged. Yeah. And it's kind of like um, Girls Gone Wild meets like Vanderpump Rules. Okay, that's the assessment I was reading of it today. That there that it's it's in the same that she makes no bones about the fact that she's looking to have a Vanderpump empire just like Lisa Vanderpump does. Oh, okay, and that um and that the concept is that there are like twenty hosts or 15 hosts and their job is basically just like get the party going but they're not hosts they're like cabana boys yeah essentially that's why kyla was like dying slowly (laughs) she's like who are why are they they're they're servers (laughs) like what is this bartenders Yeah, yeah yeah so so it was worth watching yeah so I just a few things that just like can't go unsaid because yeah. we know that Lindsay has had her struggles we and do. she is trying to make a comeback and she is like very serious about her Lohan brand yeah this is her second Lohan club she uh-huh. has another one where on a LA soundstage slash rehab that she calls Dubai <laughs> yes yes Sandy yes with the Dubai slam I'm dead so she basically has a house in Dubai, Dubai which convinces me even because that's where she supposedly lives, <laughs> which convinces me even further that if Dubai is not a soundstage in L.A., it is a rehab in L.A. Like, this- oh my God. I'm obsessed with this. I need here's what I need us to do. I need us to go to both Lindsay Lohan clubs. We need to take a field trip. Yeah, and show off our fine asses and our thongs. thongs Because there's no Walt Disney rules. And we're just hanging out with LL. Like, I think, should we go to Greece first? Or should we go to... Dubai. Maybe we should go. <laughs> I mean, I've been I've been to LA. <laughs> I haven't been to rehab. Let's so. go to Greece. Yeah, let's Maybe go to Greece. Maybe we should set that as an intention. I think that Mykonos is one of Joey's like favorite places. So my husband's traveled all over the world. Ooh. And, I, and I think that Mykonos is one of his favorite places. Well, it's, I don't know. Now that the low hand <laughs> giving brand us has, the thumbs up has entered. Okay, how about this? Maybe in the what time of year is good to go? I don't know. We should do some research about like what time of year is good to go to Mykonos. How we get reservations at the Lindsay Lohan Beach Club. I mean, I feel like we're gonna have to go before it really blows up. We yeah. might be too late. We may be too late. <sighs> so one of my favorite parts because to get a cabana there, mm-hmm. he's like, he's like, I could sell it for. They sell for like fifteen hundred to five thousand dollars. <laughs> and then when it, 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 it catches them, like actually trying to sell one, he's like, I don't know, maybe you can sell it for a thousand. Oh, so we know they're negotiable. <laughs> right. Yes. I mean, that's not that much different than uh, Las Vegas. Is it? Yeah. Like a, a cabana in Las Vegas for four people is like 500 to a thousand dollars. Oh, is it? Yeah. Okay. But nothing comes with it, right? You get like two waters and a Diet Coke or something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so well, I'm here. If we I'm down go to this. Lohan's Beach Club, we can make out with a like, cabana boy no, because we can't. well I mean we, we don't want to <laughs> but that's like the whole premise of this show is oh. like you're gonna do everything they want you to do mm. and oh. so one of them was like it was just very like playboy magazine mm. like the letters to the like oh and then I went into this cabana and she just was like you must make out with me uh-huh. it was like that and so he's like so I had to make out with her because it's what the gla- it's what the client wants it's what, what the, the client wants, wants. so yeah, I had yeah. to do it and then we went in the ocean and fucked uh, it was crazy yeah and then the other one was a guy and he was like rub my foot you have to rub my foot you know and it's just like it's so what kind of ridiculous demands I would be like I want 
I want a whole bowl of nerds candy and I only want them to be cherry flavored. Oh, you are stepping yeah. it up with yeah. nerds, right? Because yeah. like when back in the day when it was M&M's, you're like, I could pick out those green M&M's. Uh-huh. That's not that hard. Mm-hmm. But nerds is really hard. They're so tiny. Yeah, that's fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> like that's just mean. I'm just saying like, no. let's give ourselves like a six month runtime on this trip to Mykonos to okay. the LL Beach Club. <laughs> so we can come up with like some really crazy requests really that we need. Crazy demands. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I'm, oh my God, I'm, I'm delighted with this plan. Yeah. Um, so we're, we may be a little behind the curve on getting there for a reservation. One of the things we were out in front of, though. What? This R. Kelly story. We were. We, were, we brought you the R. Kelly story back when he was having beef with Drake, right? Back when the Chicago Sun-Times brought it to you. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> a couple months ago. But people didn't read that shit because it was a newspaper. Yeah. So they needed a documentary on Lifetime. Yeah. So now there's a Lifetime documentary out called Surviving R. Kelly. Yeah. Uh, someone today actually posted on Instagram that they couldn't believe they could still find R. Kelly on Spotify. So apparently... You want to maybe... Why are you Spotify? looking for R. Kelly on Spotify, motherfucker? Right. I think they were trying to prove a point like that they shouldn't be able no, to find... No, don't do it. Yeah. Mute, hashtag mute R. Kelly. Hashtag mute R. Kelly. You don't even look for him on Spotify. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, what kind of a person are you? I don't know. What kind of a monster? <clears throat> Whoa. The call-out culture is real here tonight. <laughs> what I kind of a monster looks for R. Kelly on Spotify? I mean... Knowing what we know now. Supposedly just to find him. Yeah, but you uh, know what that does? I'm serious about this. Mm-hmm. I'm serious about yeah. this. Fucking serious yeah. about this. No more R. Kelly. <laughs> Hashtag me to R. Kelly. So anyway, we brought that story to you like four months ago, which yeah. was amazing, and now it's on uh, the Lifetime. The Lifetime. Yeah, I mean, Lifetime. I did watch it, most yeah. of it. The only thing I have to say about this mm-hmm. is these women. It, it all it does is it shows the pain that he's inflicted because yeah. they interview the women that he's hurt. Ouch! Really hard to watch. And their families as well. Is that what mm-hmm. I understand? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was planning on watching this, but we have several streaming services, and I did not have access to Lifetime, unfortunately. And I did find out I could get it on Amazon, but. You have to pay for it. Yeah, but which I could. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so we were ahead of the curve on that. So you're welcome. If you're an all gold pod listener, you already knew the story before it broke. And also if you read the Chicago <laughs> Sun-Times. <laughs> two very small circles in yeah. the Venn diagram. But of the, um, the two primary journalists who investigated him in the Chicago Sun-Times are also included oh, in, in the, the documentary. Mm, good. That's good. Mm-hmm. Well, I watched, I did watch Dirty John on Bravo this week. Uh, which I have to say, this was like maybe a 10 episode miniseries or whatever, a 10 episode series. Did you watch all 10? I watched all 10. Get it, girl. So I saw, I mean, I really was committed. It's probably why I didn't get to watching any of the other stuff. I watched all 10. Um, I had never listened to the Dirty John podcast, but I mean, it struck kind of like a deep chord um, because I just, uh, okay, spoiler alert. I mean, because we're just going to talk about, I don't know how he dies in the podcast, but in the TV show, her youngest daughter kills him Hmm. because he's trying to kidnap her. No. No. That's not how he dies in the podcast? No, he dies in prison. Oh, shit. Okay, so that's the difference. So on the TV show, he is planning a um, a, and a, kidnapped, a kidnap attempt on um, the woman's youngest daughter, and he goes into her parking, her parking garage to kidnap her, and he stabs her, but she gets the knife, she wrestles the knife away from him, and she ends up stabbing him a bunch of time, and then she stabs him in his eye, which mm-hmm. is gnarly, and then um, he ends up being uh, brain dead, and then his... They ask the woman, Deborah, to um, deconnect him from life support. And she's like, I'm not having that. I won't have that on me. You're going to have to find someone else to take him off life support. And so um, they have his sister come and take him off life support or whatever. Hmm. And he dies. But um, some things about this storyline. A couple of things about Bravo, actually. I think this might be more about Bravo programming. Like by six episodes in, they had kind of run out of material. So then on the seventh episode, they showed everything from his point of view. And then on the eighth episode, they showed everything from her point of view. And I was like, but Bravo, I've already seen it. I don't need any more like what happened last week. And here's what, you know, I was like, so it was like they stretched it out a little long for me. Yeah, that's too bad. Um, But it was an interesting story because uh, I just, it hit some like really old some like deep fears about like being conned or like how gullible, how easy it is. Cause at first I think she's gullible, but then there comes a point in the, uh, in the Bravo version anywhere where she like just willfully ignores a bunch of stuff where mm-hmm. she just goes, I'm just not listening to that. I'm just doing what I want basically, oh, yeah. you know? So it was really interesting. Uh, well, I mean, it's a really good question because it's like love is blind and love makes us do really foolish really, things. Yeah. And it's like that age old question of like, when do you as a family member or like close friend, mm-hmm. like tell someone like this dude is like not, he's not good. Yeah. Because you know that 
this is what women do or men. I don't know. I have not had the experience that men often do it too, but it's possible that Mm -hmm. it's not just women. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know anything about that (laughs) either, but, but this is what we do when we're in love. And and, and I do, I actually think it goes, it goes across genders. I think Mm -hmm. that men make terrible decisions also when they're in love. Um, and and it doesn't matter what the people around us who we love the most really think. think. Yeah. Well, one of the things I loved about Connie Britton played the main character, Deborah, I can't remember her last name. I still think it should have been Vicki Gumbelson. Yes. I know you have your thoughts on that um and one of the things that I did like about what this character did say was like she was she there are several times where she she leaves him once and then she comes back to him does that happen in the podcast yes yeah and I I mean everyone is like you just you oh god it's like oh my god just don't go back just don't go back just don't go back you know and then she does and then but in the mean there's like a period where she's away from him like maybe 24 hours or a week or something and she's like you know I'm just so embarrassed that I didn't realize this and I I was just so blinded by looking for you know what I wanted which I wanted to be in love and I wanted to be in love with this handsome man and I wanted him to be in love with me too and I'm just so embarrassed that I didn't see what he was really doing and she had acknowledged all of that stuff and then she still went back to him yeah which I really think speaks to like the power of emotional manipulation right you know uh and domestic and violence as well I I was gonna say the the cycle of of abuse that's that's what it is I mean and that's what's he's manipulating her and he's playing on those wants and needs yes and that are arising from old wounds that is why she was a great victim Mm -hmm. for him and it just made me feel even more solid sometimes I feel like I get a little extreme on this where I'm like you know where I'm like um where I'm like they're men that we interact with or men that we date or whatever, they're showing you who they are. So like, don't second guess it. Don't like make a story up for it. Like don't pretend like it's something else. Like he's showing you who he is. So like, sometimes I feel like I get really like on a bandwagon about that. And that was the case for like, he, there were all these signs about who this guy was, who this guy really was. And she was just like, no, I'll explain it away. It's not a big deal. Maybe he this, you know, maybe he that. Like it was, it just reminded me that like, I don't know. I just feel like people show you who they are. They do. And you should, and I just feel like too often women, especially start to, we start to explain that stuff away. Yes. Yeah. And it just was a good reminder. Like people will show you who they are. Trust them when they do. Yeah. You know, Ugh. So it was gnarly. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so I'm going to shift us gears unless you want to talk more about any of these three TV well, shows. Well, I mean, highlight to me of mm-hmm. Dirty John was, well, first of all, I have to say the podcast was really like incredibly enthralling. I could not turn it off. I drove extra long to be able to keep listening to it. I, the the They did a really good job on the podcast. I might have to listen to that now that I've spent the time on the, on the yeah. TV show. Highlight is that the, the daughter who, you know, eventually ended up fighting this guy off mm-hmm. at, during the attempted kidnapping. Yeah. Um, um, she. This is real because this is a true story. Mm-hmm. She was a huge fan of The Walking Dead, yeah. and she would watch The Walking Dead and like take notes about like how to kill people. <laughs> and she knew that watching The Walking Dead that if you go for their eyes, oh, and yeah. so so when um, she got her hand on the knife or uh-huh. whatever, she stabbed him in the eye because she learned that from The Walking, from the Dead. Walking Dead. And I thought that was like kind of. Awesome. Yeah, it's pretty so amazing. That was like the most awesome part for me. <laughs> and it sounds like the miniseries didn't talk about the Aussie, Mm-mm. but the Aussie was a big part of that final attack scene. Mm-hmm. And oh, that's right. Actually, now that you mention it, because yeah. the, the dog is with her mm-hmm. and he's biting in the TV series, he's biting um, the attacker's legs. Yeah. But that's it. Is yeah. there more to it? Well, yeah. I mean, he warned her and he helped mm-hmm. her. And, and um, she also attributes like her success <laughs> yeah. to the dog yeah which i thought was adorbs very sweet yeah and i think that she was played by our friend ruthie from ozark yes who we yeah, love yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. that girl's going places I'm, i want to know what she's in next i'm, I'm just a, i'm, I'm here a for, fan yeah maybe we could call her she should open a beach club in mykonos yes she should come with us and be maybe we should go okay what about this what if we go to the beach club in mykonos we arrive there and we say we want ruthie at our cabana Make it happen. Yes. Yeah. Although I just have to say about Lindsay Lohan, she's still kind of a, a broken toy. Mm-hmm. I still feel like she needs a lot of help and support. So maybe we could just be like there to support Lindsay. Okay. Yeah. That's a different tact than going there and demanding yeah. crazy stuff. <laughs> yeah. Because I just see, she, I see a woman on the edge when I'm watching mm-hmm. her. She's like, like trying to keep it cool. She's like Britney status post her little meltdown. Yeah. yeah. Like she's on the edge, man. And you see her like 
almost lose it from yeah. time to time. And it's like, uh, it's so hard to watch. Oh, that's but they have like these long sweeping scenes of her hair blowing in the wind. Mm. And, you know, and there's many, many long sweeping slow motion <laughs> scenes. <laughs> is it a half hour? Probably more hour? so than there is content. Yeah. I would say a good 50% <laughs> of the content are these transition it's scenes. It's just the scenery. It's, it's actually like just like a people, geographic channel. People in, in thongs and Lindsay's <laughs> hair blowing in the wind. And she's super filtered. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, yeah. she made a comment, a joke yeah. about how, and I look 40, ha ha ha. And we're like, you do. Oh yeah. She's 32. I'm like, she looks older than me. Oh yeah. Ouch, she's ouch, had a hard ouch. life. That low hand. But okay, you well, know, that nice to buy son. Yeah. Well, the jury's out. I mean, I definitely see a trip to Greece in our future and what our attitude and perspective will be on that trip. We can continue to discuss. <laughs> Lindsay, call us. Call us, Lynn. We'll be your friends and we'll support oh, you. Uh, yeah. We're, we're also awesome cheerleaders. That's another thing that I've learned about raising this puppy. I am like, I mean, I already knew I was a damn good cheerleader, but I am like a really good puppy cheerleader <laughs> all damn day yay good party good party lemon yay lemon let's go oh i don't care god. where i am if that dog shits oh my god if that dog shits i don't care where i am good party weebay yay <laughs> can i ask you is weebay shy about shitting outside of his yard He's getting better at it. He's shy about everything. Oh my God. Lemon does not like to shit outside. She's like, do I have to? Do I have to? Her poor little butt. I'm like, you have to just go. Yeah. <laughs> it's that was very graphic. I'm sorry. He's getting better. Good. He's getting better. Okay, there was hope for her Everything too, is very stressful yeah. for Weebay. <laughs> Um, I have a couple more topics that I want to talk about. Um, One of them is that uh, a couple months ago, I had a piece of jewelry that I, it was an heirloom piece of jewelry that I was worried about um, its safety in my house. And so I hid it. Okay. And then I lost it um, because I couldn't remember. I hid it for myself. So on Christmas Day, Christmas day, I went to go find it to wear it out because we we're going to a nice dinner. And I'm like, oh, I can't wait to wear this piece of jewelry. I never wear it. I'm going to wear it for dinner. And I went to go look for it where I thought it would be. And I couldn't find it. And so I discovered that I had hidden this valuable family heirloom from myself and I couldn't find it. And then I couldn't remember if I'd hidden it. And so I was like, oh my God, did someone steal it? Like, I don't know anyone that's in or out of our house or whatever. Um, and so then that prompted me to have a total meltdown on Christmas day. And then, um, you know, now a month later, I was like, finally like, okay, I'm just going to clean my whole, I'm going to clean everything because I'm going to find this piece of jewelry. And sure enough, I did find it, which was yay. Awesome. But, uh, I'm not normally someone who hides stuff from myself. Do you remember hiding it? You know, it's interesting because when I found it, I did have a distinct memory of putting it there and looking up at Jeff and going, Jeff, I'm hiding this here. I'm definitely going to forget that I'm putting it here. Oh, can, you please, can you please remind me that I hid this here? So did he remind you that <laughs> no, you he didn't. <laughs> He had forgotten as well. I mean, it was months. I mean, honestly, it was probably June when I hid the when I hid this ring, and it was uh, you know December when I was looking for it. So I wonder Where, who were you hiding it from? Well, I was just nervous about it being. Uh, I'm embarrassed to say, but here's what happened. I hid it in June. You don't have to say. Was it the Walking Dead outside? No, it wasn't. Well, partly yes, actually. I mean, our house is kind of in a methy. There's a couple of things like really I should put this piece of jewelry in a safe deposit box, not to be like very Kim Kardashian about it or wherever, but I, I really should. You do. I do warn you about talking about all your jewelry on this I know, podcast. I know. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. This you is read, your second warning. Did you read Fred's comment about that? By the no, way, Fred I didn't. Bushy left us a comment on, on our YouTube about the fact that I'm no Kim Kardashian and it's totally fine for me to talk about my jewelry on this podcast. <laughs> So anyway, the point is uh, that I was nervous about both the safety of our home, um, about like just kind of some of the people that come in and out of it, uh, as far as like uh, service providers, like housekeepers and whatever, you know, whatever. I mean, there it is. I'm ashamed to say that we had housekeepers come and I was afraid that they might steal our jewelry there. So <laughs> I hid it from myself and I found it. And I was embarrassed that, well, I was glad that I found it, but I was embarrassed that I hid it so well that I lost it. The whole long setup to this is just to ask, have you ever hidden something from yourself? Have you ever had this experience where you were like, no, where you hid something from yourself and you like lost it? I don't think I have. <laughs> have I? 
No. I, I took my, my ring off for Hawaii, uh-huh. not because I was afraid someone was going to steal it, but because I was afraid I was going to lose it in the ocean. Yeah. Um, the ocean stole three pairs of my sunglasses in Mexico. Yeah. And I didn't want to like put it in a safe and then forget it was there and leave it there See? Or, yeah. or something like that. So I just left it at home, but mm-hmm. I know exactly where it is. <laughs> and I'm waiting for my husband to fucking repropose to me. Ooh. It will not be back on my finger until I'm oh. proposed to. <laughs> He I love that. He hasn't done it yet. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> well, it's really interesting because I never get nervous about that kind of stuff. And for some reason, I got like a wild hair and I got nervous about it. And I made this uh, decision to hide this thing and then I couldn't find well, it. Well, I have to say my darling. mother has. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my mother has done that. So I'm basically like your mom. <laughs> it's okay. You guys have one thing in common. We have one thing Me. in common. Yes. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Uh, I want to shift gears past that because I thought it was going to be funnier than but it was. I so. remember the money that she did find because it was money. She uh-huh. had, she would hide like stashes of cash <laughs> <Yes>! <laughs> and then would freak out because she couldn't find it. Yeah. And then she found it like in a bra. Like, and you know how <laughs> the old, you know the bras, how they used to have like a little place to stuff your cup yeah, padding? Yeah. yeah. She found it in there. Oh my God. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Shout out. I love it. I love it. Um, one last thing before we get to our main topic, which is that Cardi B uh, is, I think we can all just acknowledge that Cardi B is becoming the voice of a generation. Oh, frankly. see, I haven't heard about her lately. So tell me more. Well, she is making internet waves because she was ranting about the government shutdown recently, which I tried to send this video to Mark, but I don't think we can get it um, up and going. So it's an Instagram video of her ranting ranting about the government shutdown and like how ridiculous it is. And it's amazing. Oh, good. Well, then um, somebody. OK, there is this conservative woman, uh, Tommy Laren who is like kind of like an Ann Coulter light version. I think I know who that is. Yeah. So she said something about like, she tweeted something like, oh, Cardi B, a great political mind for the Democrats, hashtag MAGA, hashtag whatever, something dumb. So then Cardi B clapped back and said, bitch, I will dog walk you, which I (laughs) feel like, oh, I'm just so here for this. Yeah, I like that. I'm ready to tell everyone that we're dog walking. Maybe that'll be our intro next week. (laughs) Podcast for people who will dog walk a bitch. Because I just feel like, (laughs) yeah, that is like, yeah, I don't know why that's, mean but i like it <laughs> also i'm dog walking a lot of dogs lately yeah, so it's just like i was gonna say maybe it's just because it's just right up your alley it's <laughs> it's just like really familiar you're like yeah i will dog walk I you will do- i will pick up your poop i'm really, I will <laughs> really good at it <laughs> Biodegradable bag, and I'll be like, "Yay, good party!" Surely you are when it's done. Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, I, it was awesome. The video of uh, the video of Cardi B talking about the shutdown is definitely priceless. I'll send it to you on Instagram. Um, and with that, we are moved into um, our main segment of the evening. Something serious. Something serious. Should I take a deep let's breath? Get trill. Let's get trill. Let's get trill. Let's get trill. Let's get trill. Um, it's true and real. True and real. Can you give us a setup on this? Um, I hope I can. Topic? I can't. So I think I, I learned a spiritual lesson. Yes. And it came um, to me. It kind of came together at the end of my trip after yeah. multiple experiences. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know the best way to tell the story, but I think I'll start at the end. Okay. Because it's a little bit more exciting than mm-hmm. like the real shit. <laughs> but I'll get to the real shit. Yeah. Um, at the end, I'll start with Wanda from Hawaii. Okay. So I, uh, I, I, I upgraded. I upgraded to first class as you recommended. Yeah. And how was it once you both got, ways? How was it once you guys got, you okay. were on the ground for a long so time in Portland. First thing I have to yeah. say, the Portland to Honolulu flight is a small plane and it is not real first class. It's oh. more like business class, but the service is first class. And I think that's why we could upgrade for such a low price. Mm. So I say, take it, take it because the, the service is first class, but you still have to climb over somebody to get out of your seat. Hmm. So on the way there, I had kind of a large gentleman and I had to ask him to get up every time I had to go hmm. to the bathroom, which was a little bit unfortunate, but was it just oh, two, the seats were still just two by two, two by two. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall it was really wonderful. Mm-hmm. I had a delicious meal and like tons of delicious guava juice. Did they give you the warm macadamia nuts? Yes. Oh. Yes, they did. Um, Be still my beating heart. Yeah. So, I mean, the service was first class for Mm -hmm. sure. 
Um, but on the way back, I was seated next to Wanda from Hawaii, who spent five hours telling me how to live my life. Whoa. And I enjoyed her. Oh, I okay. mean, but she was like 69 years old. Uh-huh. I know how much she weighs. I know how tall she <laughs> is. I know the height and weight of everybody in her family. And I know all of her rules for how I need to live my but life. But did you give her an all gold pod sticker? Is she listening Will we, will I did give her an all gold pod sticker. Oh, Wanda. I don't know if she'll listen because one of her rules for how to live my life is like the podcast is a waste of time. <laughs> yeah. Wanda. You, you get up and you go to work. Hmm. You get up and you go to work. You do that though. Yeah, that's true. You do that. No, it was cool. She asked me how much I weighed. She asked me how much I made when I sold my house. <laughs> oh my God. Like this Wanda was, might know you better than I do. Wanda, it was the realest shit. Mm-hmm. Um, we... She didn't realize what she was doing, but she was kind of telling me what her life looked like today in an inadvertent way. And it was definitely like not how I want my life to look when I'm 69. Mm. Specifically, I don't want to be leaving my home in Hawaii for my home in Portland to spend a week away from my husband because I don't like him. Oh, that sounds bad. That doesn't, <laughs> right. doesn't sound good. <laughs> right. Not going to lie. Um, and so like, so that kind of capped off this sort of um, spiritual lesson I learned through it with interactions with my daughter daughter mm-hmm. and the kind of message that started um, I started receiving mm-hmm. um, was a new mantra that I have which is just like be easy be easy Wanda was not fucking easy well she sounds very nosy yeah so but it's a- not just that I think that that she she was 69 years old and she had had lived her life a certain way and she developed all these certain rules for life mm. and she ended up pretty boxed in yeah and being boxed in she wasn't a- allowing her husband to to kind of um share that space with her yeah and her, oh, girl, her daughter and her daughter who lives in Portland mm-hmm. who she doesn't know if she's even gonna see and it was mm-hmm. like very apparent that her daughter probably doesn't want to fucking see her. It's interesting. Because you, I know all about how she feels about her daughter's husband. Ugh. It's interesting that you say that she boxed herself in. The reason I said, oh, I know all about that is because I have found myself really considering my rigidity lately. Mm-hmm. Now, I've been thinking of it as part of my alcoholism, as part of my disease and desire to control mm-hmm. and have everything how I like it. But especially with having a puppy, there is kind of a fine line between like, is this being rigid or is this just being responsible? Like that I'm making her go out every 45 minutes or that I'm, you know, like I it has having a puppy has kind of reawoken my awareness of like the areas of my life in which I can be particularly rigid and that I get particularly annoyed when someone doesn't do something the way I think they should do it because I'm doing it this way and this is the way it should be done. Or when like I have to change, I have to be flexible. Yeah. Just a little sidebar. Yeah, I mean, no, I, like, I totally hear it because yeah. what, what it kind of, why, why, what it brought back around was what I learned, um, what I learned on this trip about communication and relationships. Mm-hmm. I'm really lucky that I'm married to a man who has met me where I am at every step with regard to communication. Mm-hmm. So the challenges that we've had with communication have been like really natural and easy for us. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've been able to like, to even if like he has to work to meet me and then there's a little space and then I have to work to meet him. Mm-hmm. It's always ended and it's always been really pretty harmonious. And yeah. so I'm really lucky for that. But I do have a very challenging relationship with my daughter. Yeah. And um, we've had years and years of of um, distance between us mm-hmm. because of the challenges that we've had. And you know, we love each other, mm-hmm. mother, daughter. Yeah. Um, so neither of us are going anywhere. It's mm-hmm. not a relationship that we could just walk away from. Right. So we keep trying to make this relationship work, but it's been pretty, it's been challenging. And then we have, have all these years of distance between us and we have also have the um, geographic distance between yeah. us. So on this trip, we didn't have the geographic distance between us. That's we right. were stuck together. Yeah. And the first kind of magical, um, wonderful thing that happened that I needed to have happen mm-hmm. Um, that I didn't realize I needed to have happened. It just happened. Yeah. Was that I was able to see my daughter. Yeah. Like I saw that kid yeah. that I love. Yeah. I saw her playfulness. I saw uh, her her sure-footedness. Mm-hmm. I saw how bright she is. I saw how responsible she is. Like I saw her. Wow. And that's who I was spending time with. Yeah. We had... What a um, gift. That's really cool. It was. Um, but then it did become challenging yeah. because these problems are real. Like these types of problems in relationships are real and they don't go away. And so they flare up. Yeah. And so of course they're going to flare up when we're on vacation. And yeah. of course they did. Yeah. And they did twice. And what did, and so what, what that looks like for us now, because there's 
damage. Mm-hmm. Um, there's damage on both sides. Mm-hmm. There's um, some brokenness in our bond on both sides. There's distrust on both sides. Mm-hmm. So what it did was we both flew into our each of our own defenses. Mm-hmm. And I stopped seeing her. Mm. I stopped seeing that that kid. And I saw this person that I need to defend myself against. Right. I, I saw the enemy. Yeah. And she did too. Mm-hmm. And so we did the same shit to each other. Uh, um, that's and hard. then... But we were stuck together in Hawaii. (laughs) So we were able to come back around and I have to like give her props because she's the one that prompted it. And we were able to have a real conversation. Yeah, that's incredible growth. Well, it was, but it wasn't just like, I'm not talking about like we were able to have a real conversation and do a bullshit Real Housewives apology and let's let's just make this work so we could get through the trip type of thing. It was a like... Real talk because I saw her, I saw that kid, I saw that kid I love. Mm-hmm. And so now I'm open. Mm-hmm. I'm not in defense mode. Yeah. I'm not doing my same old shit. Yeah. And I'm looking at her as a different person. Yeah. Now it's a person I know, it's a person I love, right. but I'm looking at her different and I'm open and the walls aren't up. And she's doing the same for me. Mm-hmm. And we were able to share each of our experiences and hear each other. That's incredible. It was. And then we started doing well. Mm-hmm. But then something happened again. Mm-hmm. And guess what we I'm did? I'm like on the edge of my seat. Tell me more. Right. No, but guess what we did? Flew Immediately. Old stuff. Same old stuff. Yeah, yeah. Same old stuff. Yeah. But like, um, and it was, and this was like a little bit dramatic because it, the timing of it was we were going to both get on planes without saying goodbye. Yeah. And, but because of like some really real shit we were able to discuss mm-hmm. previous because of that other one. Mm-hmm. I did. I was able to do something different. I was able to be brave enough to Mm -hmm. put down my old defenses Mm -hmm. and do something different and be like, I'm not fucking letting her get on that plane without saying goodbye. Yeah. And, and it was like the same thing. And Mm -hmm. we got to like, like she, she told me some really honest stuff Mm -hmm. and I told her some really honest stuff. Yeah. And I know that we grew and I know that we move forward. Yeah. And it was, and it was really just about the crux of it was, just seeing each other. Yeah. I had to see her and she had to see me. Yeah. That is like, so that story is so incredible. It Um, was an incredible amount of growth. Yeah. And it's that whole thing where like doing something different, the thing that's hard, the thing that's scary, it sounds so, um, cliche until you actually live it. And like, until I actually live it and I actually feel the power of it Yeah, and I get the growth from it. Yeah. And, um, so I'm sitting on this plane and I'm just listening to Wanda. I'm really open to her. I'm open to everything. Um, I was, I was giving her a lot of space and grace. Like I I wasn't, you know, in a place where I was feeling offended by some of the offensive things she said. (laughs) And, um, she knows, and it was just really clear uh, this message. It's like, it's like, what do you want? Like, what do I want in my life? What do I want my relationships to look like? And how am I, because of my rules, like boxing myself in yes. the way, because I, I don't look like Wanda right now, mm-hmm. but I do have certain behaviors that if I continue, mm-hmm. I mean, Wanda is probably not that different than me. Yeah, no, I can see myself, um, especially hearing you talk about that rigidity. I mean, that was just almost like a miracle right there. Having you describe that with that specific language to remind me about like what I have to work on around my rigidness, you know, and like the rules that I have around how I communicate and the rules that I have around my behavior when I'm scared and the, you know, like mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. I mean, one of the things I think is one of the things that is so powerful about what you said was this the concept of like really seeing her differently because it's like the minute I'm afraid all of a sudden the story of what I think about you you know mm-hmm. whoever the you is uh is projected the onto enemy. you right and I never yeah. I don't see you anymore the you no. that I love the you that I laugh with the you that you know that I share my life with I see like the you that I'm that I'm sure is scheming that I'm sure you know like yeah. I, I'm telling the whole story is getting projected onto you so it's like oh if I could take a minute and just remember that that's like a great way to even yeah. take a step back from the rigidity of like defenses up right yeah yeah but like so she had to get really honest and real with me for me to be able to do that Mm -hmm. and the the other thing is I can't do it by myself yes she she gave me Mm -hmm. the same grace and she gave me the same compassion yeah and um and so because she's my daughter like this is this is a relationship that I've we, she and I have both kept coming back for. I was just going to say that when you were t- giving the setup 
one of the things I wanted to mention is that even though you guys have some geographic distance between you now, I mean, you guys continue to choose. You said something in the, uh, about the mother daughter bond that's always going to be there. And I thought, well, you know, there are some people that walk away from that, you know, and you guys have been able to, I mean, it's been on the table for both of us. Yeah. You guys have been able to move to a place of like, of, um, of being able to, and for it to be healthy for you both to choose to come back to it all the time, you know, and Mm -hmm. that's an incredible, that's like miraculous. And you're right. It does take two because like one of us can keep showing up and keep communicating honestly and keep doing our best to like not project a new story or to be able to see the person we're talking to. But if the other person can't meet us where we're at, like you were saying with your husband, where it's like you guys meet each other where you're at the best that you can, it takes you, it does take two to have this communication uh, experience. Yeah. And to have it, ha- and I guess to have it be as impactful and provide that much growth. Yeah. And I, I mean, for me, it's also really serendipitous and really, I mean, it, it really is timing um, and where each of us are at that time. Because for me, what happened, I couldn't have made happen. I couldn't have had this conversation with you beforehand and be like, okay, this is what I have to do. Mm-hmm. I have to let down my defenses and I have to see her. Right. The, you know, the, the kind of grace came to where, to both of us where that was able to happen to me. Mm -hmm. And I do believe that was able to happen to her. And so because we had that same experience at the same time, we were able to have this growth. Yeah. And so there's a part of it that is in the hands of, I think the universe yeah, of the timing of it, yeah. of how it all plays out where, right. where I am and where she is. And are we at the, at the, at, a, at that place at the same time? Yeah. Because there's plenty of times where one or one yeah. or the other of you might have been there, but the other one isn't. And right. so you're like a missed connection. Yes. And, yeah. and I think that it's, it's, it's nice that she's my daughter and it's nice that we do keep coming back so yeah. that we've been able to have this experience. And now both of us experience some growth. Um, I think it would be much more challenging in other relationships because I tend to bounce. <laughs> well, it's so interesting because I was thinking, as I was thinking about this topic of be easy, being easy and communicate and communication, you know, one of the deep uh, old wounds for me, one of the things I really am always struggling to work on is this idea that I will someday have an honest conversation with someone where I'm like so real with them that I say something that damages our relationship so badly that it's gone, right? That it's unreversible. And uh, as I was thinking about that, I'm like, that is not even, when I think about that, what I would, what kind of thing I would need to say in order for that to happen is like not even consistent with like the human that I am. I mean, you would have to say you downloaded one of R. Kelly's songs, <laughs> basically. I mean, what yeah. I have to say, I searched them on Spotify. It wasn't me. It was not me. I love you. I need you in my life. Um, so it's like, you know, there is, um, there is an old story that I have that is kind of underlies all of my communication stuff around like being so bad or saying something so bad that somebody, that everyone, that I ruin it, everything permanently. Right. Right. So, um, it was interesting because that having this discussion, uh, on our doc, it gave me some pause to think about that. And also had me thinking about the projection piece that we talked about as well, where it's like, you know, if I can really see someone else as they really are, and then maybe I can also see myself as I really am. And I can realize like, there is no way short of searching for an R. Kelly song that I could say something to damage uh, any of the relationships I have beyond repair. Yeah. And when I say that I was able to look at her and see her, I couldn't see her intentions. You know, Mm -hmm. we're never going to know another person's thoughts or intentions, Mm -hmm. but I could see this is somebody I love and and care about and is good. Yeah. Like this, this person, this daughter of mine Mm -hmm. is, is loving and caring and good. Mm -hmm. And that takes away the power of the, I have to have the wall up. I have to fight. She's trying to hurt me story. Yeah. Um, and the other thing I just don't want to, I don't want to, um, breeze over and just be implied that we have to say out loud because even Mm -hmm. though I know that we understand this deeply, Mm -hmm. um, all of the, some of the listeners might not be there yet. What I'm talking about here that I was able to do and my daughter was able to do was to really open up and be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. We had to trust each other to yeah. be vulnerable with that hard shit mm-hmm. that we each shared with each other. That you're, ner- that you're scared of. Yeah. Well, and one of the other things that I was thinking I wanted to add on is that because you had is um, the idea of the resilience of relationships, which you and I have talked about a lot. And not all relationships have the same level of resilience. Like my relationship with my husband has more resilience than my relationship with like 
I don't know, my stepdaughter probably, right? Because we have different types of relationships. And so it's like, um, you know, sometimes when we think our resilience is low with someone, we think that we're going to say something and then they're going to go away and it's going to all be ruined. One of the nice things about having a really vulnerable, honest, authentic conversation and kind of healing through that and having a good couple of days or whatever, and then having another kind of flare up is that you have some demonst- some demonstrative proof of the resilience of your relationship that when you can both come together when the universe does provide you the opportunity to be vulnerable and honest and authentic with each other mm-hmm. and you are, then you deepen your intimacy and you deepen your resilience, meaning mm-hmm. that you can, and it gives you kind of some proof that like, okay, maybe we can do this again. Yeah. But it's right? also demonstrative proof too, that like we're both humans and these yeah. defenses are real yeah. and they came here for a reason. And as much as I can, so if I can understand now that mine are like simply defenses, mm. then I can look at her and be like, these oh. these are her defenses too and we're both doing it yeah and we can not do it we can choose something I mean, else we, we can do it uh-huh. be okay and then stop doing it yeah yeah um and that's powerful yeah so i think that like with, with her and i and and we both know this like the flare-ups they will happen we are mother daughter yeah i am gonna annoy the shit out of her yeah. i hope i'm not gonna hurt her or <laughs> harm her i really i mean i really do well, I, you guys are both firecrackers you know yeah. what i mean like you guys are big personalities yeah but like it's amazing i'm gonna annoy the shit out of her and like i'm gonna trigger her because we were also able to talk about triggers because Mm -hmm. there are past harms and um we have triggers yeah and then so that was the other kind of like powerful communication that all this kind of led to Mm -hmm. was understanding triggers yeah um well and that's like such a huge extra piece of information yeah right even just knowing that okay if we hit these topics i know we're gonna i know what's gonna happen i know that these are deep wounds yeah. You know, mm-hmm. that's amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's like so, so good. good. So the next time yeah. we level up, let's level up, level up, level up, level up at Lindsay Lohan Beach Club. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to go there just and go there. be easy. Level up. Yeah. So, so I've been trying to practice that with my husband. That's amazing. He makes it not easy. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, I, I love was like, that. I lasted one day. <laughs> I love that as a topic of discussion. I'm so glad that you brought it tonight for us to chat about. Thank you for that. Uh, we are at about an hour. It's about that time. Yeah, yeah. Anything else you want to add? No, no. No, no. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but with that, we're going to wrap it up. We are um, sending you lots of love and light from Portland, and we are reminding you to stay vigilant. Yes. <laughs>